Straw Hut Media. Most of us can agree that appearances are important. The amount of care we put towards our appearances in any given moment can vary, but we all know we're posting that selfie for a reason. This concept is especially true in Hollywood, where celebrities can find their recent scandals all over the front pages of entertainment magazines if they aren't careful. But for Anne Heche, it wasn't so much about trying to be the best version of herself online. She was told her most authentic self was not okay. It was the 90s, and Anne Heche was about to walk the red carpet at the premiere of her new movie, Volcano. She wanted to bring a date, and she had just started seeing someone, a fellow actress named Ellen DeGeneres. But she was told she couldn't bring her to the premiere. In fact, she was told she would be fired if she did. Your appearance is a powerful thing, but in a society where queer people are looked at as different, it takes on a whole new meaning. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. And although listeners um, may or may not know who I am. Anne Heche is an American actress who launched her career working on a daytime soap opera called Another World. From there, she became a big-time Hollywood actress in the 90s, working alongside Cher, Johnny Depp, Katherine Keener, and Harrison Ford in several feature films. That is, until the cruel reality of Hollywood appearances kicked in and the rapid discrimination against LGBTQ couples put a halt on her career. It's fun to be able to be um, coming into a generation with um, with who I am now and, and, and understanding that although there's a bridge in terms of, of um, literal generations of, of, of who I am and who I was and what, I, what I've done and what I've committed my life to, it's fun to be able to have an opening to, um, to in a way, begin again with fresh ears. But before we get too ahead of ourselves here, let's start at the beginning. Anne Heche was born in Aurora, Ohio, before her family moved nearly a dozen times during her childhood. But moving locations was the least of her worries growing up. I was raised in a cult in Ohio. My family broke out from that cult. In 1983, my father was one of the first men to die of AIDS. The day after he died, well, the New York Times labeled it the, the gay disease. And, and immediately, my surviving family members, which um, uh, there were more that were uh, alive then, um, were, we were all told that we, we would, it would take nine years before we would understand if that disease was out of our system. And, and, and so the AIDS became the new lepers. And anyone who had any contact with anyone who could have possibly died of AIDS became their victims. So I, when I was 13 years old, was confronted with uh, a father who had lived a double life. Anne's father never in his life spoke about being gay. And when he passed away, he took that part of his life with him to the grave. But keeping a secret like that hidden and being unable to embrace his own sexuality, he took his anger from being oppressed out on others. 
who hid his sexuality, abused his children and, and created a cult around child abuse, and suffered uh, the consequences of that duplicity and, and duality. And, and when I was looking at that and experiencing that at 13, I, um, I knew that this was not the way that I wanted to live my life. I was, I, 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 I needed to start to figure out why it was that my family lived in such devastation. And what I had whittled it down to was the lie about sexuality, that if we could have been, if he could have been himself, none of the destruction would have happened. And uh, that began my, my, my journey to discovering why it was that people felt that they needed to hide who they are. A few years after her father's passing, Anne was approached by an agent during a school production she was performing in. I was lucky enough to be able to have been discovered in high school, which is its own story. Moved to New York the day after I graduated to start uh, the show Another World, you know, where I played twins for four years. And that was really my training ground. I had been working since I was 12, uh, helping to support my family. And the fact that that job came along, put me in, in, in the zeitgeist as, as a professional actress, but I had no idea. I was just working, I was working on a soap and I was a poor girl from Ohio and I was thrilled to be able to make a paycheck. 600 bucks a week was more than my family had ever seen or heard of. She played both Vicki Hudson and Marley Love on NBC's Another World from 1987 to 1991. At this point, she had four years of experience, but still knew very little about the industry as a whole. And ironically, she had no idea how big she was until, well, until winning an Emmy. And as I was in Nebraska, sitting in a Motel 6, doing a movie with Jessica Lange, I watched myself win an Emmy. Well, I was eating a cheeseburger and it was like, um, oh my God, my does this mean I'm an actress? And she's like, yes. And I said, oh, do I have to go to Hollywood? Because I was going to quit the soap and be an architect. I had gotten into the new school and, and was going to do something else. And then what I say, God intervened. And when I won the Emmy, I um, realized it was a moment for me to, to choose to be an actress. And then I came out to uh, Hollywood and I was blessed because I was, I wouldn't take no for an answer. I went on every audition. I turned myself upside down, inside out. Unfortunately, people um, recognized that talent. Soon, she was at the height of her career. Because of the work that I did on the soap opera, I played twins. I played one in the morning, I played one in the afternoon. I did sometimes 60 pages of dialogue. I had no idea what was going on in the world. And, and sometimes people laugh at me, I, I, I still sometimes don't. Um, uh, I didn't know who, who, who Dustin Hoffman was. Anne was starring alongside some of the biggest names in Hollywood, and she didn't even realize it. I had no idea... Um, who Robert De Niro was. I would go into rooms and, ha and, and be, I wasn't starstruck because I didn't know who anybody was. And, and it kind of allowed, I, I think the shock factor on, on most of um, the interviews that I had was also something that was somewhat charming in that I really went in with who I was. And, and that was kind of a, that was kind of a, I was an anomaly to, to Hollywood. As my agent described, it was like a wild animal set free from her cage. 
And it's part of what drove me through um, my ability to be able to make decisions that nobody else would have made probably uh, necessarily. But the biggest decision she would have to make had yet to come. Hollywood in the 90s was far from progressive when it came to the queer community. There were very few openly gay actors in the industry and even fewer gay characters being portrayed on TV. So when Anne began a relationship with the sitcom star Ellen DeGeneres, she entered into her own form of career suicide. I met Ellen at the Vanity Fair party two nights before she came out on her television show, Ellen. That was the moment we met. We literally dropped into one of the most, in, in, well, truly, an important moment in history, but the most important moment in, in, in Ellen's history, a world-changing moment. She was on the cover of Time magazine, coming out two nights after I met her. Ellen DeGeneres came out as a lesbian on The Oprah Winfrey Show. She then became the first openly lesbian actress to play an openly lesbian character on TV. And coincidentally, my movie, my biggest movie, Volcano, was going to premiere on that Thursday night. So, so the colossal, universal connect that Ellen and I had was, was, it was the biggest week of our careers and then became the biggest moment for two women to, to stand up for the right to love each other. Anne was about to walk at the premiere of Volcano, an action thriller by 20th Century Fox. She starred as one of the only leads alongside Tommy Lee Jones. She had no idea the fire she would be starting just by inviting Ellen to be her date at the premiere. The fact of the matter was, I met her, I asked her to come to the premiere, and then I was told that if I took her to the premiere, I would have my, my Fox deal um, uh, taken away from me. And that's exactly what happened. But let it be said, I will tell you, the executive that fired me was gay. And when I said, I'm going to stand up for you, I think, isn't this what's happening? And by the way, this is 10 minutes before we're getting in a limo. And she said, that's not how, oh, yes, it was a she. She said, that's not how it works, Anne. You go, you get fired, that's all there is to it. Anne decided to take Ellen to the premiere, regardless of the warnings from her team that her career was on the line. But she began to face the repercussions of her actions before she could even see her name roll by in the credits. Not only did they not let Ellen stand on the red carpet with me, we were tapped on the shoulder by security, ushered out before the movie ended, put into a limo and told that we were not allowed to be at the after party for fear that the, the press would get pictures of us. Anne cared about Ellen, but she saw an even bigger issue with being told she could not be pictured next to a woman. It wasn't as if I was fighting for a relationship, I was fighting for a right. And um, when that was presented to me, I had no other choice but to stand up for it. True to their word, Fox pulled their deal with Anne, and she would not star in a studio film until 10 years later. But does she have any regrets? No. I am a person who has fought for the right to love, and that is one of the, is the, it's the pride I have in my life. When we come back, how did Harrison Ford become Anne's hero? And how is she using her voice now to speak about her past and her hope for the future? Welcome back. Today we're talking to Anne Heche, an American actress who risked her career to take a stand against the discrimination of same-sex couples in Hollywood. 
before the break and told us how she got her big break in Hollywood, how she escaped an abusive household, and how she lost it all when she decided to bring Ellen DeGeneres as her date to her own movie premiere. But after being fired and losing her multi-million dollar contract with Fox, how did she manage to sustain a role in Hollywood? Two words, Harrison Ford. Now, recently you've actually made comments about Harrison Ford being, I believe it was quote unquote, a hero. I met Harrison Ford the morning Ellen came out. Amazing. Um, Harrison and I got along very well, that's another story. But um, I was told that that um, not only would I lose my Fox deal, that I would also lose um, the offer for six days, seven nights. And that was heartbreaking, obviously. Uh, I want to work with Han Solo. In fact, Star Wars was the first movie I ever saw, which is it was, it was, it was shocking to Harrison. Unlike most people, Anne Heche does not get starstruck. She worked with lots of talent on the big screen and on the small screen, and it never really affected her. That is, until she worked with Harrison Ford, for obvious reasons. Plus, she's a huge fan. When I said, Harrison, oh my God, oh my God, Star Wars, the first movie I ever saw, I stuck in popcorn and everything else. Oh my God, you're the first person I ever saw on the big screen, you changed my life. He looks at me and goes, don't ever tell that story again. You aged me like that. Now sit on down and let's read this thing. Days after Ellen and Anne had been fired from nearly all of their existing projects, Anne started avoiding the phone. The phone, when there were kitchen phones, rang. And it was always, it was like fear. There was nothing. We couldn't go out of our house. We couldn't go. There was so much negativity around, unfortunately, of what was meant to be a celebration of love. Um, that that anytime the phone rang, we were just like shock treatment a little bit, and so we, we, who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it? I pick up and hello, is Anne there? Who's calling? It's Harrison. Harrison, who? You know another one? I'm like no. He said, "Listen, frankly, my dear, I don't give a shit. You're fucking. We have a romantic comedy to make, and we are going to make it. It's an incredible thing that angels do in your life." Without me having such a huge movie with Harrison and having him do that, I would not, that was the last, that was the last picture I did. And it's in, in, it was because he stood up to everybody and said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do, I'm not, I'm not going to fall in to this rat race of, of, of uh, what everybody is talking about. Uh, I, it's not a, for Harrison Ford to stand up and say it's not about who she's fucking was a, a, a phenomenal um, and, 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 and I don't think would have had the impact on Ellen my life for, the, for three and a half years if that movie wasn't made because he, what Harrison was doing was saying this woman is an actress. And we are pretending as if what she's doing in her life has anything to do with what she does on screen. And the whole fucking point of being on screen is that you are doing something other than your life. And that gap is, is that gap of truth is, is uh, what he knew because he's so, so wise, but he also knew that I believe that he uh, knew that he was standing up for what the truth was. We ask everyone to be something other than they are on screen. That's what our job is. And um, that he changed my life. He's my, he's, I've been on a desert island with him many times. 
So what you're saying is Harrison Ford is an ally. Oh, not only an ally, I think he was one of the biggest supporters without ever saying it. He would never say a political statement. He's a very subtle man. But by hiring me, by saying yes against all odds after everyone at the studios, and including Ivan Reitman, said, we don't want to hire her, but public with it. And Harrison said, no, sir, I, 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 I disagree. I will. I will. For him to stand up, he was standing up for, for gay, gay rights, equal rights, feminine rights, masculine rights <laughs> and and yet all and, and his his way of doing it was to say uh, i choose Anne. which is so fucking cool i mean come on it's so fucking cool so when i say he's a hero like i mean come on man the man uh and by doing that determined that no matter what happened to me he knew what was happening to me no matter what happened to me he put me as the lead in his movie and after that, I couldn't even get, it was hard enough for me to get a, a, a Lifetime movie. But I think Harrison knew. I think he knew that someday it would come to pass that, that we would be looking at this and in, in, in understanding uh, the, the steps that it takes to, to, to bury a lie and, and, and start living in truth. And I, I know he knew that because he's my hero. Though Anne had stumbled across a low point in her life, she refused to let it end her career or stop her from living her truth. Ellen was the only woman Anne was with. And when they broke up three years later, she started dating men. She's never been one to label her sexuality. And she's faced being mislabeled even now as she comes forward to retell her story to the media. As I've had interviews now through, for the last mainly 12 months, one of the things that I know is surprising to people, although uh, they, I've been on different podcasts, I was, I have been called the first bisexual, <laughs> um, which I, uh, I find labels funny on on all levels. But but uh, I think people don't under, quite understand that what was so new at the time that was deposited without kind of explanation was that I was saying very specifically, I fell in love with a human being and what, and that, why is that anybody's business? First of all, second of all, why when you're saying, um, I'm, I'm standing up for more love and you're getting a negative back, like that's not right. That, that, that juxtaposition, that confusion and that conundrum that everybody was having actually f kind of fell on me and all, all of a sudden I became the conundrum. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who is she? What is she doing? Um, Oprah had it all and me on and, and Oprah looked at me and, and said, what, you know, what would you say? You know, there's this big debate. What, is it really, is it possible that, that uh, a person can fall in love with a person? That's not right. That's not true. It was either you were gay or you were straight. There are many more labels and identities that make up the LGBTQ community today, and it is far from black and white. After over two decades since Anne was at the forefront of Hollywood discrimination, has Hollywood changed? Many celebrities have come out just in 2021 and have been embraced by many for who they really are. When Elliot Page came out as transgender, Netflix changed the credits on their TV series to reflect their correct name. But what does Anne think of Hollywood now? You want to take the first step so that it, so that it opens the door for others. 
first of all, that makes that that makes me happy. And the, uh, the other thing is, I think we get a, a lot caught up in labels, and I've been labeled in in all that. And and I, and I think we maybe spend a little bit too much time identifying how different we are rather than how same we are. So I'm just going to go with my last name and say just we're all he she's like whatever. I'm going to say we're both, and let's go for it. Um, a distraction from action is when we get too involved in in the delineation of what's what, what's what, 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 before we take action to move forward. And I think we do that a lot. Oh, I'm that, I'm that. We spend so much time like trying to define what is or what isn't. I mean, let's get it together. Let's just be together and move forward. Uh, and I think that's where I see this next revolution, this generation, this now generation um hopefully being open uh to to a, to not being so concerned about what we are and how it defines us outside of others but who they are and how we can engage with them and and i see that as is um you know kind of the hishi movement i see that as the next kind of uh way that we, we hopefully can enjoy each other. Um, are they going to experience what I experienced? Discrimination is a pool of consciousness. Hatred is a pool of consciousness. Do people experience it on different levels? Absolutely. Do we want to make that gap between the pain and the play less? Yes, that's why I'm an activist. I do believe that what I did began something. It never. That's the fun thing about being a first. There's only one. <laughs> and now we're, uh, you know, 20 years later, I'm finally able to actually literally embrace, embrace what, what, what the message of, of what I was saying was. I'm, uh, but, but, but everybody experiences the distance between themselves and acceptance is ourselves. And, and, and that, that is, that's why we experience shame and, and everybody, you're going to go through it. You're going to go through it. It's how fast we can do it is my, is my point. How fast can we do it and how can I help? Anne has been living her life as an activist, an actress, and a mother of two beautiful children. She has acted in numerous films and television shows since 1997 and recently was asked to perform a little out of her comfort zone on the ABC dance competition, Dancing with the Stars. First of all, a blessing to be able to be asked to do something that was creative and, and, and entertaining in a time of COVID, where I hadn't worked for nine months. And, and I'm, I mean, I've, I'm a very blessed person, so I, I'm able to take that ride of that wave more easily than than others. But to be honest, I, there was no saying no to that job. I was like, um, yes. But putting myself out and, and trying different things because I'm an, I consider myself more a performance artist than I do actually an actress. Yes is all the answer to when I'm trying to explore something and at that time to be able to entertain and you know whether I fell flat on my face and my son said to me, Mom, I, I could give a shit. Like whatever you fall, fall on your face, just stand up and go, I had a good time. <laughs> But um, that experience and the people and in, 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 in the the uh, risk that I take as an artist is something that, regardless of whether people follow my career and you started this podcast, saying some people know you, some people don't. The I am a person who 
continually uh, pushes myself to do things that are uncomfortable for me so that I begin in a humble place to build more of myself as, as a teacher, as an artist, as a, as a, as a learner uh, and seeker. And so going on that, I was like, yeah, I want to uh, let me learn more. I think I can dance, but let me let me learn. Let me gain some skill and to learn from the best. Uh, you know, why pass that up? You know, it was it was really it was fun. In a clip before her last performance on Dancing with the Stars, Anne told the audience about her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres and brought this situation back into the public eye. It's been 20 years since I uh, stood up for gay rights uh, in, in, in that bold a position, and it was fun to reclaim that territory. Spurred on by the memory of her father, who was unable to live his own truth, and then years later being told outright that she couldn't live her truth, Anne has made it her mission to speak her message and to take a stand on equal rights. I, I mean, it's like anybody else who would look at you. I mean, Oprah, what if anybody looked at you and said, yuck, we don't, their discrimination is, is across the board 100% equal around the board. If you look at somebody and go, yuck, then in my opinion, you're on the wrong side of the track. And, and, and that really became um, my, my, my belief. I don't understand why we say yuck to anybody. And, 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 and that's become my passion to be able to try to help elucidate the, 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 the negative in, in mistreating people. And that's become the journey of my life. Anne first documented her journey in 2003 in a memoir called Call Me Crazy. She opened up about her dark past and the demons that she came to terms with in order to become the strong, confident woman she is today. Now, she's taking her thoughts to a new platform, a podcast. So let's talk about your podcast. Okay. Give me the scoop on Better Together. Well, I cannot give you the scoop, of course. Now, my the podcast is called Better Together with Anne and Heather. The whole point of the matter is... I am not my own voice. One of the reasons why I'm doing better together is because there's a misconception a lot of the time that when you're a famous person or you're a celebrity or you have any part of the limelight that you got there alone. And we don't, first of all, especially when you're my age, it takes a team of anybody make what I do <laughs> spectacular. But um, for me, the the um, follow-up to my book, Call Me Crazy, which I wrote 20 years ago, I always knew that I wanted to do, and there was one person in my life that I trust, and her, her name is Heather Duffy Boylston. And I called her over to my apartment and said, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do book two. And I, I'm thinking right now it's going to be called Me Anne, but I got to perform it. So I'm thinking, why not do stand-up? <laughs> and she goes, and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours uh, went by uh, where we were talking in, in, in we began, which is now three years ago, the beginning of the process of, of uh, what it what it would be like to share uh, with an audience the uh, combined uh, philosophy, journey, stories, and 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 hope um, uh, that Heather and I have have uh, landed in together, and it's called Better Together with Anne and Heather. Anne's co-host and friend, Heather Duffy, joined the interview to share her thoughts on what Better Together is all about. We're better together with Anne and Heather. I think that it all starts with truth-telling. You know, we everybody is going through this life, and a lot of people feel forced to pretend that 
they're one thing or that life is easy when it's actually not, you know? So I think that Anne, like you guys have been talking about her story and her telling her truth um, really moved the needle for people. And, and now you can see, you know, 20 years later, you can see the effect of telling the truth. And that's kind of what our show is about, is us being on there and being really honest and open and trying to get the same from our guests so that people listening, you know, feel, feel like they're not alone in some of the things that are worrying them or, um, you know, that they're self-conscious about. So it's really all about truth telling, right? So, so we have people come on with, you know, their, their better half. And we've done Anne's partner, who brought on <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Her, her dance partner. Uh, we did some great comedians that I think are coming out uh, soon. Um, and it's not just the person. It's not like, oh, this is my want. The, the philosophy of Better Together is that, you know, self-knowledge is one thing, but adding others' knowledge is everything. We have so much to gain from each other and, more, more, and, and what we share. And so we think it's kind of fun to have the just another person is not necessarily your life partner, like Keo came on with, with um, Derek Warburton, who we introduced through, through um, Dancing with the Stars, and they became fast friends. And then it, it's that, it, it, it's encouraging the journey of, of, of the uh, moreness that we feel when we're around someone. Anne's also taking on a new project on CBS's legal drama, All Rise, as Corinne Cuthbert, a funky attorney who defends police officers in court. The fun of being an actress who who um, gets recognized for the different things that I do and the play that I have and the game that I have and the and uh, um, for them to let me um, turn a turn a union lawyer on it on her head is one of the pleasures that I get out of um, out of my uh, out of my dedication to uh, I can't wait to see that That's to my to my entertainment to my yes what I'm good at. Anne never gave up on her journey, even when it seemed like the world had. She inspired people then, and she inspires people now. You are a fantastic actress. But more than that, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cry. She's, I'm crying. She's I crying. Like, so it's it. okay. when, uh, <laughs> when you came out and were with Ellen, it was about four years after I had come out. But you were the first representation of, although you didn't call yourself bisexual at the time, you were the first representation that you don't have to only love one gender. She found solace in friends like Harrison Ford and later Heather to help her continue to fight for her right to be in this industry and for the future generations to be able to be their own true selves, even in the harsh spotlights of Hollywood. I just have to say, I'm like one of the luckiest people to be working in in this time, in this, in this moment. I, I just, I mean, it's, it's so incredible to be working. Also, it's incredible that I've never stopped working, which is uh, amazing. I've supported my family. I've been a breadwinner for my kids. I mean, the, the ability that I've had to be able to actually have this glorious life, even through what, I've been through as part of what I feel like is fun to represent. That that those difficult choices you make are the most important ones because 
when you make them and you make them for the right reasons, you actually get to live the life you want to be living, not the one that somebody else wanted for you. And that's the fun of, well, certainly better together with Anne and Heather, but the fun also of continuing to do my work, continuing to, to uh, well, no matter what, I, I'm a song that I sing for my supper. I'm, a, you know, sure, I'll do Lifetime, I'll do Hallmark. And I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. But to be in a place where that consistency has um, uh, landed me this beautiful recognition of who I am as an artist. And that's starting to come back to me now. I said Zether the other day, it's weird. It's, a, it's almost like I feel like time is folding in my, and I'm back 20 years ago where people thought I was supposed to be, but I couldn't have been here unless I chose how I wanted to arrive. You can find Anne Heche's podcast, Better Together with Anne and Heather, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. Yes, it's at Pride. It's that easy. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, Ryan Tillotson, and Caitlin McDaniel. Edited by Sebastian Alcala.